what is going on? I want to welcome you from Half Court. And today I am joined by former NCCAA national champion coach, former Indiana basketball standout superstar, former A. Uh, why, why am I blanking on the name? Like travel basketball, AAU. Yeah, former AAU standout getting dunked on by, wasn't it Xavier Tillman you got dunked on? By Miles Bridges, but Miles Bridges, Bridges. That's close. Right. Yeah. Same, same school. Same yeah, same school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it. Uh, Chris Noblet, aka Knob Villa. Chris, what's going on, brother? What's up, Sean? Man, I'm I'm so excited to be here. It's been too long since we've Dude, talked for sure. I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're on this. And the fact that you reached out, I can't believe like you were like, dude, I should like let's <laughs> do this together. And I was like, how did when, how did this not happen yet? Like, what yeah. is going? What did I do wrong? I failed as a friend. <laughs> yeah, I saw your tweet that you were running this podcast, and I was like, dude, I was like, I gotta do this. <laughs> like, I gotta get jump on this podcast with them. Oh like, I have to, dude. We uh, when when I think because like our entire friendship was built on us watching basketball together yeah. and talking hoops all the time. Um, we started our bond started watching uh, college hoops. Uh, the tournament on campus. We were watching that together. Um, some of my weirdest college moments were you and I watching basketball together. And the first one that jumped to my head was um, we were in the, we were in our commons at our college. We were watching basketballs, you and me. And then some other people started popping in and we started have the, having this conversation about when you go to the bathroom, do you stand or sit when you wipe? Oh, <laughs> dude. The, the, the crazy thing the crazy thing was do you remember like we had like 20 30 people in there at one point well we ended up moving, remember we ended up going to the quiet room in there yeah. and there was like 20 people in there that was nuts yeah we no. felt like it was just everyone coming in going what's going on what happened and we were all just yelling about if we stand or sit when we wipe and i just couldn't <laughs> believe that like all of this was happening and i'm just sitting there like laughing super hard like also watching basketball on the screen and like dude we just had the weirdest times like together watching hoops man and i just yeah i know that was the weirdest thing because like yeah me and you were just chilling and to be honest i don't even know how that came about to be honest it just happened i think honestly i i think ethan was in there like our buddy ethan and i think he brought it up or someone said something and so you and i were just kind of i think you and i were on the same side of this and like we were just looking at everyone like y'all are just monsters like what are you doing standing up like that's just wrong and so then like we had everyone else trying to see what was going on and like eventually we just had half the campus there yeah (laughs) And this was yeah. like at a decent time. This was at like 10 30 or 11 at night. Like, yeah, it's not even like it was six o'clock. It was like 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. If, if only people knew half of the conversations we had while watching basketball together, dude. Oh man, that was insane. Yeah, um, it was. But, uh, Chris, I, I wasn't lying when I said that you were a former um, national championship coach. Do you want to kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Because I think I think we got to talk at least a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, that was a – of course, you know, I played one year in college and ended up getting mm-hmm. injured, redshirted a year. 
because you you know you just I've had now two surgeries on my left ankle. Yeah, so, your, an- your ankle in in the basketball sense was buns. Yeah, so. it was. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. That's that's the easiest way to put it. To be honest. Um, and th- there just comes a point. It's like, well, I don't want to risk myself getting injured anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. like, let's give it up. And so the year I redshirted, Coach Bailey, our head coach and athletic director at Grace, he uh, I'll never forget this. We were, I was in the cafeteria eating lunch and mm-hmm. I get up and he, he's over there with a bunch of staff members. He's, eating. Yeah. I walk by him and he just looks at me and he just goes, come to my office and said in like a really serious voice. He's like, come to my office later when you have a chance. And so I'm thinking, Oh my gosh. I'm like, what the heck did I do? I was like, cause yeah. you know, like I never got in trouble or like never anything. And so he like, and he said with this real serious face. So I go to his office um, later that day. And he offered me a student assistant position um, for my, the last two years I was there, my junior and Mm -hmm. senior year. Yep. And absolutely loved it. You know, getting, that's where I got my start in coaching. You know, I coach now and um, yeah, I got my start there. And then, you know, our senior year, we win that national championship, go against Great Lakes, goes into overtime, Yep. hit a shot with five seconds to go to put us up one to win it. You know, it was just a, a wild ride. Oh man, <laughs> that, that, that is the craziest highlight I've ever seen in my entire life. Was that shot, dude? Well, I just and, and what was nuts is you know Kellum at that time. He's yeah. a freshman. He's a freshman, and he comes up and Kellum at that time, like he. I mean, this year he's had an amazing year. And his yeah. freshman year, like he wasn't a, a great shooter. Like he wasn't a bad shooter. But it's yeah. just for a freshman to pull up like that in overtime when you're down two and pull up for three. In the national championship game, and it's about halfway there, and I'm just like, I'm just like, well, it's got a shot. <laughs> it just it dropped, and place went nuts. Exactly, and like, I'm not sure. Like, dude, the crazy thing is, our college, like, there's like highlights that are coming out of it all the time that I just like yeah. have to do a double take on. And like, did you see this dunk from Thomas Hill the other day? The one uh, yesterday? Yeah, from hold on. down at Boyce. Yeah. yeah. So like, like. We're just going to watch this, just Chris and I. None of you at home are going to be able to see this. But, like, just – he's, like, running down the court. He gets the outlet pass, and then he just yams it on this guy that's, like, way taller than he is. And yeah, you look – Thomas is five foot eleven. That dude was six seven. Yeah. You know, it's like – Yeah, well, yeah. they had a couple alley-oops uh, down at Welsh, I think, this yeah. last weekend that were just monsters, too. I mean – but the thing is, is like, so um, we'll, we'll just want to touch on this real quick. And of course, we're going to be talking all things NBA as Chris has his Mountain Dew voltage share. I'm not jealous at all, but um, we're <laughs> um, so our college, uh, it was called Grace Christian University. That's the name of our college. And it's actually like the U of M or not the U of M, but it's like a, it's a prestigious program in, in our, in our like league. It's the National Christian College Athletic Association. So the NCCAA, but like we're like one of the winningest programs in the in the history of that of that conference or in that league and you know just the fact that you were able to be a coach on a national championship team got to bring the, bring that home that's a pretty cool thing and also yes you were dunked on by an NBA player in AAU basketball I, I don't want to Chris I know I'm not not trying to make you look bad you were oh no you were you were a baller you were absolutely a baller but can you tell that story, please? Because getting dunked on by Miles Bridges in eighth grade, right? Uh, 
Let's see. I would have been no. It was I was a sophomore, actually, and uh-huh. we were playing AAU, and he played uh, for a team out of Detroit, mm-hmm. and yep. he came down here to Indiana. We were playing the Adidas Invitational. That's when I was playing for Indiana Elite. Yep. And this was our, I kid you not, our very first tournament of the year. And <laughs> so before that, you know, I had just, I got hurt. That was when I tore my ankle up the first time. Oh, that's and right. Be- yep. Before I knew anything, before, I just kind of, I sat out for, you know, a few practices and was just like, I mean, it still hurt, but I still played, you know, I was like, whatever. And we're, I, I'll never forget this. We're in the third quarter. Yep. And I still like, he's flying down the court and I step over in the middle, middle of the lane. I can probably 10 feet out from the yep. basket to try and take a charge. And he just rose up and he mowed me over. I mean, just like jumped and just it, no call. Of course there's, it's a no call. Uh-huh. So, I, so I didn't even get the charge on it, but man, he just ran <laughs> on me. He, you know, he hit me you hard know too. Highlights anywhere. Like, was that like, if you look up Miles Bridges, like high school highlights, do you think that's out there somewhere? Oh, it's probably somewhere. It's probably on his mixtape somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably, yeah. He hit dude, me hard though, dude. You, you, where's your royalty check? That's what I'm saying. Because like, yeah, who knows? Seriously. Like, yeah, because like Tom Izzo could have looked at that and gone, "We're getting that guy." And then yeah. Charlotte Hornets must have been like, "I, well, I remember when you dunked on Chris Doblet from Indiana Elite." I'm yeah. sure he thinks about that all the time. Well, Izzo was at that game. Yeah, <laughs> Izzo was at that game. Oh my yep. gosh. Yeah, that, that was the thing. There were a ton of D1 coaches at that game. And I was like, well, there goes my shot of playing Division One basketball. You know, <laughs> it's like, no, no more. Yep, they just looked at you with poor, poor buddy, poor, poor champ. <laughs> poor but guy. Hey, but hey, you, you, you took, if you didn't get to play D1 basketball, you turned that around. You got to have some pretty cool opportunities out of it, though. So you've yeah, had a, that's for sure. Um, you've, you've had a pretty cool career. You have some pretty, You've met some pretty cool people. You have some pretty cool autographed footballs in the background there. I can't help <laughs> yeah. but look at. Yeah, this, you know, as far as like Chris has an actual basketball resume. I just have that I I'm an unhealthy fan. That's all I have. And so that's what I get to hang on with with Chris is we can talk hoops and I can hang, but his is from actually experiencing and coaching. Mine's just from drinking mountain dews and watching basketball in my basement man <laughs> oh man dude chris you got to be a regular on this man I just oh gotta... yeah for sure anytime oh, you have me man oh dude anytime 100 percent. but yeah this is from f court this is an nba basketball podcast all things hoops and uh today we're going to be talking quite a bit i want to talk some big men with you chris you know i i kind of want to look at compare two of the best big men in the league because one of them in particular, Nikola Jokic, is just like, he is an anomaly to me. Like, he's just absolutely fascinating. And, you know, just to hear from a experienced, skilled big man that can beat me in basketball literally any day, um, <laughs> I got to take that opportunity when I can. Uh, we'll definitely be talking Pistons because I, I have to address something sad that's going on. You see, I, I'm wearing my Derrick Rose jersey for a reason. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into that. Um but we'll also be talking Pacers a little bit because Chris is a uh, a big Pacers fan. That's he's from Indiana. He's you know he's from the 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 state that's that just breeds basketball like like no other. So dude, again, just I got we got a good one today. Yes. Um, 
but I want to start, like I said, I want to talk, I want to talk big men. And I think right now, um, Chris, it's fair to say that, that there's kind of two, like there, I'd say there's like three big men in our league right now that are the best. I'd say it's Anthony Davis, um, Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. I, I would say those are probably be the three best, but Anthony Davis considers himself more of a power forward. So I want to focus on some true centers today. Because man, for for a league that people claim big men are dying, we have some we have some yeah. studs right now. And um, I, I just want to get your thoughts. Like if you, if you had to say who the best, your personal opinion, who's the best big man in the league right now? For me, I love the Joker, man. I love Jokic. He's, I mean, you know, he had the other day fifty points, eight mm-hmm. rebounds, twelve assists. Like yep. what big man? is going to go have one. I look at, you know, 50 points, a lot of guards now, you know, you're, you're going to have that. Harden can go get it. Yep. You know, Westbrook on even Bradley Beal can go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, bigs so difficult because your typical big man, you know, you typically want him in the post, but yeah, now, nowadays in the game, they want your bigs to shoot. So Jokic is out here firing from three hitting you know he's an above 80 percent free throw shooter yeah he, i mean just a triple double machine the first i think he had a triple double the first three games of the year like right it's just he's an unbelievable and and what what i love about him and i can relate with this this is the thing i love i think most about him is he said uh i think last year when they were in the bubble and they made yeah. it to you know and that was when jamal murray was having that huge um oh, man dude. when he dude. went off yeah. Against uh, the LA Jazz. They, yeah. Yep. Yep. Clippers and, and yeah. Yep. And Jokic, at the same time, he, he said this. I'll never forget this. He said, I'm patient because I can't really run fast. That's my only option. Dude, that was that, his quote. That's and, the thing, man. Yeah. He's so, like, this is why I say he's an anomaly. Because, like, if you just watch him on the surface, if you just saw him at an NBA game, you'd go, that's their backup or that's their, yeah. that's their two way guy. That's, that's gotta be the guy that like goes to the G league and plays like with the main red claws and like get, they give away like $2 scratch offs at the games. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like that's, that's what you think he does, but no, he is, he is a bona fide star in this game and he might be a top five, top 10 player in, in the league, in the game of basketball. Like he's, he's in the MVP conversation right now. Oh yeah. Like, I think, Honestly, you know, I I think you're going to have as long as Giannis is in the league, he's going to be in that run. Yeah, I think he's ha- he's not having what he did last year. Right. This year, I mean, he is. His numbers are there, but like, it's not a you know. It's at, at this point, he's not doing anything to improve upon what he's done. Exactly. He's kind of reaching peak Giannis. Yeah, exactly. So he's going to be in that run. You know, LeBron's going to be in the run. Yep. Um, but Giannis, I think. I mean, yeah, just for him, like typical NBA player it just he does not look like he should be no (laughs) even on the floor but I I think yeah he's definitely that MVP run for sure and you know for me like when I um so leading up to this I I actually did a little preparation give me some credit here Chris I did watch some film and I kind of wanted to like pull up you you brought up you had 50 the other night I kind of wanted to show that a little bit because like um just like you and I looking at it like because when you when you ask like what it is about Jokic, like he kind of 
the thing I notice is a lot of it's kind of fundamentals. Like a lot of it's like his footwork, mm-hmm. um, his ability to leverage. Cause he has this weird body that's long and lanky. And like, it's a lot of, it's just, he's setting screens for his guys. He's leveraging his body down in the post or up at the key. He can dribble, he can pass. Like a lot of it's just like, he draws so much attention with a lot of the things that he can do on the court that like he can set up his teammates like this, like, like just, just look at this easy opportunity down in the post, just because he's up in the key, giving it to his teammates and like him just leveraging his body right here. Like he can shoot it there. That threat's real. So he can cut to his teammate and just get an easy bucket. Yeah. His for a big man, man, that is his ball handling is exceptional too, but his yeah. his court vision is something that is just like, Unbelievable because you look, he can throw over the top. He's thrown through defenders and mm-hmm. yeah, like right there, spin moves off way. I mean, you just don't see that footwork for a big man these days. It's because, like I said, they want him to shoot a yeah. lot more nowadays. So they kind of play that high post area. And it's not a whole because, you know, you look at Joel Embiid, we talked about him. Yep. He can get to the rim, but he wants to shoot a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yep. just a, but Jokic, he is just, yeah, he's unbelievable. Yeah. And like, he can, he can, he can face you with his back. He can face you with his front. He can just, um, he can power you down to the post, but a lot of it's just, a lot of it looks like he's just leveraging his body. It's his footwork. It's just like the basic, like fundamentals, but also just that ungodly weird frame he has just his, just his like lanky long arms that looks like he's one of those like car sales lots, like, like floaties that are just waving around everywhere. Um, I, Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I was last week. We were, uh, I was watching a game online, and yeah. there were just some teams. It's like, it looks like that. There, it was, it was a high school game. And I was like, those guys, I was like, I don't know how, like, on the offensive end, how you would even attack some of these guys because, like, yeah. you know, they're so just long and awkward. Like, they take yeah. up so much space on the floor and they may not even be that athletic, but they're just so long and awkward and you can't really drive past them, even though they're not fast. You know, it's like, right. it's just a weird, I, I don't get it. Cause I'm not that way. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, but that, well, but that's the other thing though, is like when you're a center like Jokic and you have all these skills that he has, look, he, like he has, you have to bring multiple defenders on a given time. Otherwise he's going to beat you. Like he's going to beat your best guy. And this isn't just against like, you know, like the highlights we're watching right now, he scored 50 against the Kings, but like he, he was doing this against Montrez Harrell. He's doing this against Anthony Davis. He's doing this against like, he's doing this against the best of the best. And it's just, it's, it's always constant. That's just, this guy's doing it all the time. Yeah. And I think if, I would be interested to see – so, like you said, against Anthony Davis, too. That matchup really – like, I love that matchup so much against the two because they both play so different. But, you know, they can go get their 30, you know. Yeah. Or not. It's – I mean, and Anthony Davis, he's going to – he'll beat you off the dribble um, for sure. But it's a – yeah, like right there. Jokic's yeah. defense is tough. Yeah, one hundred percent. Even though he's slower. 
Yeah, exactly. Like it's just his frame, the, his ability to anticipate where guys are going. But just the thing is, is he just is able to, um, he's, he's just able to do much so much because if you think you've got him beat, you know, like as far as like trying to defend him, like he can, like, if, if you think you have him out on, out on the three point line, like, oh, you're not getting to the basket. That's fine. Cause he'll shoot it. If you think, oh, mm-hmm. I eliminated any opportunity for you to score the ball. Okay. Guess what? I have my teammate wide open in the corner or under the under the rim. Like he just he takes his teammates because like you know like the Nuggets outside of him and Murray like they have some guys that can play, but like they don't have any they don't have any bona fide stars or studs um, outside of those two guys. But like they're able to just get so many easy opportunities and and defensively they're so tough, like you said, because he's just that anchor down low. He, it's mm-hmm. just um, yeah. you know yeah. And- I, there hasn't been a guy like Jokic. Yeah, the big difference I think you have in, with guys like Anthony Davis and Jokic is Jokic, he really, on the offensive end, aside from his passing, he's mm-hmm. not going to do anything special. I mean, he's not. Like, he, right. I mean, he's going he's gonna to play fundamentals. He's going to take open shots. He's going to, you know, back you down and work post moves. Yeah. Guys like Anthony Davis – you know, you can throw it up at the rim. He's going to go get it and right. dunk on you. Or he's going to – I mean, he'll hit contested threes. He'll he'll take pull-up jumpers. Yeah. So, it's like you would think, you know, in my thinking as a coach, this guy would be much easier to guard. You know, yep. you would – you can push him out, you know, guard him on the three-point line. But, like, some – he still scores. <laughs> he still, yeah. still scores. Well, and- and, and, and like in that coaching mindset too, though, like you got to imagine, like, it's just like the proof in the pudding of if you do the right things, if you, if you're just sound in your fundamentals and in your skills, the things that you can hone individually, like you can affect the game in so many ways, even against the best of the best, you know what I yeah. mean? And like, um, you know, a guy like Anthony Davis, like you bring up, like to, to your point, he's just an athletic freak. I think sometimes when he struggles is against guys like Jokic because Anthony Davis, a lot of his game predicates on, he doesn't love contact. He doesn't love mm-hmm. being a, like muscling down low. He loves, um, you know, he can, he can shoot it. He can, he can fade away. He can dunk. Like he, had, he can, he can certainly go down low and he can beat you up, but like, he doesn't want to, he doesn't really like to. Um, like, I think it's like pretty obvious if anything, like, he doesn't want to do that if he has the choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas, whereas Jokic, like he's saying, Oh no, I'll go down there and yam with you. Like <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll throw my shoulder and I'll make you uncomfortable. Like whatever I got to do, you know, yeah. like, um, and then uh, you look at a guy like Joel Embiid as well. Um, like, you know, this is, this is from a game a couple weeks ago. Um, just a lot of his, his stuff is is kind of finesse as well you know like just i i would say jokic is probably the best overall center for my money mm-hmm. in the league but like i think joel Embiid is the best footwork of any big man is that fair to say yeah oh yeah i agree 100 i mean you see i think jokic all around game i think it's because it's so different too right. i think that that adds a whole new aspect but like Embiid is kind of what you what most teams are going to want as a big man. They're going to want a guy who can shoot a decent shooter from the outside. He's not going to bang a whole lot. So you do kind of want that, but I mean, he's going to go in and try and, you know, 
Euro step around people. Like you said, he didn't want a whole lot of contact. So, but I, I would say I'd agree with you. His footwork is, you know, right. probably the best out of the league. Th- those three guys, I agree with you, are probably the best three in the league with Anthony Davis. But you said he kind of identifies a power forward-ish. Yeah, yeah. But they all definitely have their strengths. Very different. 100%. Because, like, if you look at yeah. Joel Embiid, like, he – like, like same thing. He can totally – like use his body and give you contact. But really the, the, the thing about his game is just like what he's doing with his footwork is he's, he's showing he can get down to the post. He can get down low, but he can also hit you with that jab step and then hit you yeah. with a fadeaway shot. And whether it's in the mid range, whether it's at the three point line, like he, but also I'd say um, he's more so a stronger defender than I would also say he's like maybe a better defender than Jokic in the sense that he can be a good rim protector, but and, and then his rebounding too. Like, you know, he has, you know, in this game, he went for 45 points, 16 rebounds, and he even went with five steals too, which I, I mean, you know, I've never, I didn't know that was part of his game, but um, yeah. yeah, just scary, man. Absolutely scary stuff. Um, but also, um, I'm also not a Joel Embiid fan because of, uh, of uh, he's haunted by nightmares as a Pistons fan, Chris. I don't know if you remember that, but. Uh, yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh uh-huh. he has real estate in uh andre drummond's head that he could go to at any point it's kind of like his vacation home where he has he has a tent there you know he can play volleyball he's got a grill he can barbecue just he has all the free free space to roam and andre drummond's head that he absolutely wants is there um but nonetheless man he he's special too mm-hmm. um are there any other big men that stand out to you? Like any ones that we haven't talked about that, that as far as you go, like, as far as like, if you're watching basketball, I know, you know, the big man position is what you played. I know that's kind of your, your bread and butter, your favorite guys are big guys. Um, I, I know you also love point guards too. I know, you know, I'm not, not putting you in, in a yeah. specific spot, but is there any other big men that you just love to watch? You know, for me, and it's, it's not just cause I'm a Pacers fan. I, I am not a big Miles Turner guy. I am mm-hmm. not. I will say that. But I absolutely love watching Sabonis play. Sabonis. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is just uh, – again, he's kind of got that not your typical NBA big man play. He's going to get down there and beat you up. He's going to – I mean, he's going to do what he has to do to get the job done, no matter, yeah. you know, what it takes. And he's just uh, – he's been fun to watch. I'm, he was a good – Real good pick <laughs> for them a couple of years ago. Yeah, the, the, like he came over in the. I believe he came over. Did he come over in the Paul George trade with? Uh, yeah, with he was from Oklahoma City. Yep, 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 from Oklahoma City. He, he. Uh, I don't think anybody really realized. I mean, when they got him, yeah, because in Oklahoma City, like he was okay. I mean, he wasn't. Uh-huh. You know, the story is now, but I don't think anybody really expected him to blossom into what he does now. You know, right. and, and having I think, a couple triple doubles and yeah, yeah and I, and I think with uh, I, I think with the the Victor Oladipo trade, like with like with bringing in Victor Oladipo and Sabonis, I think the all the focus was initially and rightfully so at the beginning was how good Victor Oladipo was playing, but in the long term, it's been proven that Sabonis has been the real prize of that trade because yeah. he just like again he's not flashy. Um, he's not athletically superior or gifted. In fact, he's 
you know, when you, when you put him up against big men, he kind of looks undersized in a lot of cases because, you know, even though he's tall, like his frame isn't, he's not the biggest guy. Mm-hmm. He's just, he can be elusive. And also he's just a dog. Like he's going to fight down low. Yeah. And, that's the big thing that makes him different. It's like you said, he's just a dog. He's just going to get after it, work yeah. his tail off and, and get the job done. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I just think the Pacers, like, you know, I, I, you know, just talking about them for a second, like they, um, you know, they, they've been struggling ever since the trade that, that uh, sent away Victor Oladipo brought in Karis LeVert, but obviously, you know, you know, mm-hmm. thoughts and prayers out to Karis, you know, the, the terrifying stuff you found, yeah. you know, that, that was found in his physical, just with the, with the tumors and stuff like that. Um, you know, that, that was just crazy because if, if he came in and he was healthy, I think we'd be having a very different conversation about the Pacers right now. I think we'd be saying, Oh, like, cause even though I would still say, I don't want to face them in the playoffs cause they are a tough team to play any day because they're just a well fundamental, they're just a fundamentally sound team. They, um, they don't turn the ball over that much or like when they're, when they're good, they don't. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Keyword um, when they're good, they don't. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But like <laughs> if Karis LeVert was there, like I certainly want to face, wouldn't want to face them in the playoffs, but um, you know, now I think it's just kind of seeing what Sabonis can turn into and seeing what this roster can look like in theory next year when Karis LeVert's there. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. For me, it was like, you know, I've always been a big old depot fan one cause he mm-hmm. went to Indiana. Yep. So, you know, he grew up in Baltimore, went to Indiana, then he got drafted, you know, by the magic. And I, I mean, like I said, I, I watched Victor Oladipo when he was at IU and just, super fun player to watch then he came and I was like oh yeah like it's hometown basketball now like he's really gonna you know take off and he did for sure then then he got hurt yep and had horrible injury absolutely awful injury and then he came back and you could tell I mean he just the mindset wasn't there he wasn't back physically either right um and you, you can tell he's kind of on his way back now. Um, yeah. He's had two good games down together, you know, in Houston. And, yeah. but yeah, with him leaving and them getting, well, I guess he didn't leave. He was, he was traded, but um, them getting Karis LeVert, I, you know, I don't think it was uh, now. I mean, obviously it's not too different trade now just because, you know, Karis can't play, but like, right. And that was like, like you said, just, horrible news for him too, but they, uh, they're going to be, I think, especially next year when he's back, like you said, they're going to be tough, very tough. Cause, cause Brogdon and they're at another guard. Yeah. It's tough. You know, they have, I, I'm still on the side that they need to trade miles Turner and go get another big. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that'll happen or not. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I, I think miles Turner has, has had a lot of, ups and downs. And I think um, Indiana has definitely just seen the prospect he can be um, versus what he actually has been. I, I'm sure, I'm sure they're definitely looking and I, and I'm interested to see what's going to happen just with uh, um, you know, Andre Drummond's going to be in the buyout market. It's looking like he might go to Brooklyn has, has been widely spread. Um, so if he goes to Brooklyn, dude, Oh, oh my, my goodness, oh, that yeah. <laughs> like, I, like there is, there is no situation where I say, there's only one situation in the league where I say, if you throw Andre Drummond in there, that's a wrap and that's, and that's Brooklyn, but also just that locker room, dude, Holy cow. Just with all of those sensitive personalities in there, oh my Andre gosh. Drummond, 
oh my goodness that like you know i, I would i do not envy steve nash if that's gonna oh, be no. the case yeah yeah as a coach you know i just don't envy that um but the other thing with the pacers i think um that's worth diving into a little bit and this isn't me picking on your team chris but um what's up with these guys wanting to leave like what's up with oladipo wanting out what's up with paul george wanting out like because because now that this is becoming kind of a pattern like like, you know like what's going on yeah i you know and the thing with you know paul george i i really don't know because you know that was when he took off was his you know last couple years in indiana when he Mm -hmm. had that huge playoff series against miami and just was a monster in those games and then he was like i want out he's like i'm i want out want to leave yeah and so i don't know i don't know what was going on there i don't know if it was a teammate issue but with oladipo i have i mean i heard multiple things he was like he came out to reporters was like no he's just like i want to stay i i want to stay in indiana like i love it here and then you hear you know the next day later He's talking to guys in the bubble, like with the Raptors. He's talking to Kyle yeah. Lowry in a free throw. He's just like, he's like, hey, can I come play with y'all? <laughs> Stuff like that. It's like, yeah, it's like, what are you talking about? So that, well, yeah, that was like, that was the weird thing too. In the bubble was like when he was like, I don't think I'm gonna play. And then all of a sudden, in Indiana was like, dude, come on, you should you should come play. And he was like, ah, I'll see, I'll come play. Yeah. And you know, he he didn't seem super in to the bubble in the first place. So, um, you know, for him to come in and not really play super great in the bubble, it wasn't surprising because he kind of wasn't fully into it. Um, but you know, he, he said something interesting, uh, in a TNT interview after his, like, like it wasn't his first game with the Rockets or one of his first games, or he just went out and just bawled. And he said that, um, people keep quitting on him was, was the words that he said that, that, um, people everywhere keep quitting on him, whether it was, you know, him referencing Orlando, just with the fact that, you know, he was drafted there and they moved on relatively quickly because he was not taking off in Orlando, um, whether it was Oklahoma city, cause he spent the season there and, you know, with his, um, with playing with Russell Westbrook, that's when he transformed his body and transformed his game and his athleticism because of it. Um, or now just with Indiana, just with, um, you know, Indiana probably made the judgment call that he's, you know, he's not going to be the same guy to, you know, that that's probably the bet that they took, which, you know, you can't blame them for because he did not give any reasons to, to be super hopeful last year. I would say he had maybe a couple good performances, but otherwise he did not have that same bounce, that same, um, that same speed. Um, you know, it's, it's just, uh, he's a guy I root for, but man, I, I just, with Indiana, um, you know, it's already tough to get stars to go to a place like Indiana. Um, you know, it's just, if you look at them in the long term, you know, what are they going to do? I don't know. Um, Yeah. It's a, for him. And like I said, I'm, I'm still an Oladipo fan and and will be, but he just, I think he's the kind of guy that, like you said, people keep quitting on him. He wants to find a place and who knows Houston may be that place now. Yeah, or he's just like, all right, I want to make this my home, and let's grind it out. Go win one championship instead yeah. of me keep getting traded. You know, I mean, if, I mean, like that can't be a good feeling. Like you know, you're yeah. getting there and you say, all right, you're gone. <laughs> Here we're gonna bring in somebody yeah. else for it. Like it can't be. Yeah, and and like with Houston, like them flipping their whole team around. Like obviously they're not they're they're not anything that I would say is like they're not a threat 
in a, in a championship sense. Um, they're, they're, they're maybe like a difficult team to play in the first round of the playoffs. Like that's probably their peak right now, but like they, as far as going forward, what a fascinating set of pieces they have with, uh, um, with Victor Oladipo, with John Wall, with Christian Wood, and then as as keeps things keep going in the long term, now they're building up this this uh, array of picks that they're going to have. Um, Houston could be a very fascinating situation to watch just unravel over the years. Them yeah, and Oklahoma I, City both, I think, are just going to be fascinating. Yeah, I think Houston. For me, they're they're very interesting because you know you have two very experienced guards, mm-hmm. and you know and and John Wall before his injury, I mean that his quickness and just basketball IQ is just unbelievable. I mean, and like he's, I don't think he's fully hundred percent yet. He's still going to put up his numbers, but once he's a hundred, you know, hundred percent back to where he was, I mean he's he's one of the best players in the league. I mean right. one of the best guards. And then if Victor Oladipo ever gets back his, you know, that mindset of, all right, this is where I'm supposed to be at. Let's win. They're going to be, you know, really tough. And then you look at yeah. these picks and some of these college players now, you know, and even some of these high school guys, I mean, if they can, because there's a lot of good high school players out there right now. Yeah. When they go into college, you know, get them a couple of years. They're going to be, you know, get those guys in draft picks. They're going to, and they're not, they're not old. They're young. Yeah. So <laughs> they're going to have a team for a while. Well, and I think it's interesting because I, I used to, um, I used to have the mindset that I, I used to want guys to have to be in college longer um, because I, I would think, well, you know, I want to see these guys coming out more refined um, in from college. But I think if anything, the thing that we're seeing is a lot of these younger guys are coming in more refined because like some of these guys are going they're going overseas. They're going to Australia. They're going to, to some of these Euro leagues and they're playing professional ball. Now you got, now you have this G league unite team. That's like just, a, just this, there's just this team of, of guys out of high school that are coming in and learning the NBA system and how it works and, and how to get their footing in there. Like I just, to me, um, I used to be of the mindset that they need more years of college, but I think we're seeing a deeper, more like you know just guys coming in like like lamello ball coming out of australia and like you know at first like when he was 16 playing in lithuania it was like oh oh this kid is in trouble but now it's saying uh oh this kid is a problem yeah. <laughs> like you know what and i mean 34 the other night yeah you know and you know i was that same way too because mm-hmm. you know really the back you know back in the day when lebron came out of high school you know, yeah. he's one of the few exceptions, you know, yep. coming out of high school. Yep. And then the the one and done really, I mean, you know, most of these guys, they go to college one year. You, you know, they're going to college one year and they're going, you just, I mean, coming in, you can tell like Zion. Yeah. You know, you, you, know, you know, you know, towards March. They're, they're, they're not caring as much about these assignments. You know, they're, yeah. <laughs> they, they're not caring that much. No. Yeah. Yeah. Let me. Let me get my numbers. Let me, you yeah. know, let's go win a national championship if we can, then I'm going to the league. You know, yep. it's, mm-hmm. it's that sort of thing. But, and if you look, though, most of these guys that are your, you know, get your minutes in the NBA, they're the one- and two-year players. They're not your four-year mm-hmm. players. Yep. You know, your four-year players, they may go pro. They may not. 
<laughs> it's just yeah. one two year players. Yeah, but like the and, and and when you do look at the guys that are like the four year guys that are getting minutes, they're they like you said, they are the exception to the rule. And mm-hmm. it's it's guys like uh like Duncan Robinson who um, yeah. you know uh, he is he like talk about anomalies like as far as an NBA story like he he started at a D3 college he went to the University of Michigan when I remember watching him play at Michigan I didn't think he was going to be a pro player in in the league I was like oh he's a good shooter but that's about it and then you know you get him in a situation like the Miami Heat and they just they yell at him to shoot it whenever he has the opportunity because they they saw that he has that special stroke man and now He's made it to the finals. He's one of the most dangerous sh- shooters in the league. Um, but again, guys like that are the exception to the rule because you're seeing just all of these kids coming out of AAU ball, coming out of um, kind of out of high school or, or, or like, like going to play in Australia. Like you're just seeing this, um, just this pool of guys that are just a different level. And like yeah. even, even James Wiseman, you know, just, just real quick, just, he, yep. he played three or four games in college. He, he stepped in, you know, after not playing organized basketball for over a year, he looked ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's, it's crazy. Like, you know, just, you know, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Like, you know, I, I definitely want to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and James Wiseman, he's an interesting one to me too. And you look at the team he got thrown on at golden state. So you know, he I, comes- I've, I've heard they know basketball. I've heard they're yeah, pretty good bit. at it. Yeah. yeah, they're okay. Here and there, um, you know. But it's uh, – that that was where he was very fortunate because, yeah. like you said, he played, you know, not many college basketball games. And then mm-hmm. then Clay comes and gets hurt hurt this year. So, that kind of hurt him a little bit. That, that did hurt Wiseman a little bit because he's not going right. to get minutes with Clay. But you've got arguably one of the best point guards of all time yeah. on your 100%, team. 100%. I mean, so – as a rookie, you know, you're going to get your, get your fix with Steph yeah. on the floor. And, oh, 100%. And that, that's one thing I think is important about some of these young guys coming in, especially your bigs, um, is you have to – if you don't have a good point guard on the floor, you're going to, you know, you're going to struggle. You're going to yeah. – especially your bigs. Because I, I think I think that's the other way around too. I think if you're a point guard coming in, if you don't have a like a, a like a good big to 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 complement alongside with, I think you're going to struggle too. Like uh, like with the Pistons, for example, just like you know to touch on this real quick, like Killian Hayes came into the league that like wh- like people were like, why'd you sign Mason Plumlee? That's such a weird <laughs> signing. Which like yeah, it was a weird signing. I remember you and I talking about it, but like yeah. May- but like the thing about Mason Plumlee is he is a more than serviceable pick and roll big. That's that's a good distributor on the offensive end. That um you know he's he brings that experience that can help a young point guard. You know what I mean? Like I think. Yeah. I think yeah, he's gonna go get guard, you 10 10. He'll yeah, get you a double double. Yeah, exactly. But like that that relationship, the point guard and the big, like you know, the pick and roll is like you know, even though the game's evolving, the pick and roll is still mm-hmm. one of the most dangerous things you can face on a on a basketball court, especially with like the Lakers. That's why they're so good. LeBron and uh, Anthony Davis are the most unstoppable pick and roll combo, perhaps in the history of the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it so you look at that now and, and back, you know, and you really saw this, like you said, the game's evolving now, you know, because back in the day and Jordan was kind of the one to change this. Yeah, 100%. You know, 
let's get it and go. Let's run. Let's get points up. And it's it's changed, and it's a lot of guard play now. You know, mm-hmm. but your bigs, it's them. You want them to shoot, like I said earlier. Yeah. So it's them. But back, you know, you look at John Stockton, Carl Malone, that pick and roll duo. You know, yeah. Clyde Drexler, Keem Laws, that duo. Yeah. Um, it was a totally different era. You know, yeah. it was a lot of bigs back then. And like you said, the pick and roll, that to this day, <laughs> it's still when you yeah. got a good guard and a good big, it's effective. Exactly. 100%. And, you know, I, um, I, I, you know, generally my main topic of the show is that this, is it this jumbled, but quite frankly, dude, I just, I love talking hoops with you just to sit down and just talk nitty gritty, nerdy, like just yeah. very, very focused in basketball talk. We haven't done this in too long, man. Um, I kind of want to transition to a next part of the show. Um, and I'm putting you on the spot here. I didn't tell you I was going to do this. Um, Chris, I, you and me together, I want us to make a list of, of the top five big men in the history of the NBA. Because, right. because I, I know I, I I'm curious to see where, where we lie on this. Um, because for me, there's, there's a couple guys that come to come to mind of guys that need to be in there for one. Let, let's start with, let's start with some obvious ones. All right. I think Shaquille O'Neal's on that list. Yep. He, he, from from a sheer dominance standpoint, um, Shaq's on that list. I think Wilt Chamberlain's got to be on that list. Um, yep. I, I think you got to throw Kareem on that list. You you know, to me, those three are the easy ones. Yep, I think you got to throw. So for me, for Shaq, I have never, and and I think in our lifetime, yeah, there has never been a player that was just so dominant. Like, I mean, it was, I mean, you want to talk about beat you up down low. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> he'd just throw you out of the way and, and yeah. dunk on you. And, and quite frankly, quite frankly, I think people forgot about that because of the fact that I think he was so dominant at the beginning of his career and in his Laker years. And then, and then in his heat years. And then after that, he just kind of started to taper off a little bit. And mm-hmm. then it got to the point where at the end of his career, when he was in a Celtics Jersey, he was, <laughs> how do you put this? Not so dominant. Him and his calves, his calves years. Oh yeah. no. Calves dude, year. Let me put it dude, that way. <laughs> dude, he, it was him and Ben Wallace on that Cavaliers team. And they were both just a shell of themselves. Yeah. Like just <laughs> like, like imagine telling LeBron, Hey, we know we need to bring in some guys. So we're going to bring in Ben Wallace and Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal, but like definitely not. At, like It's like yes. if you were to just bring like their skeletons and that's yeah. what they brought. Not Pistons, Ben Wallace. <laughs> yeah, no, no, uh, not even close too soon. Yeah. Ouch. Anyway. <laughs> um, for me yeah. too, I think one of the things for me is Bill Russell yep. in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd agree with that. 11 championships mm-hmm. and just a, a dominant big, you know, you see, and just the respect that he has around the league, you know, I mean, you see him at games all the time. Yep. You know, I mean, and guys just absolutely love him. They still, they learn from him now. Some of these young guys, they talk to him, learn from him. And I think, you know, you win 11 championships. That's nothing to, <laughs> nothing no. to sneeze at. No, not at all. He, he was the, he, he was probably the original quintessential dominant big 
in the league mm-hmm. just because of the fact that, you know, that was at that point, you know, there were not men like him walking around that, that you would just know about and let alone with that skill set and just that winning pedigree. No one has few people have that winning pedigree that Bill Russell has. That's just unheard of to have 11 career championships. Yeah. And, and like you said, around that time too, you know, you have, like you mentioned, Wilt as well. I mean, and back then, so you look, there was no, he had a hundred points in the game, Mm -hmm. no three point line. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not, I mean, most recent ones since then, you know, it was Kobe's Kobe's 81. But a lot of those are three pointers and a lot of those are free throws. Free throws, exactly. And Will, you know, he was a lot, lot of in the paint, hit a lot of free throws, missed a lot mm-hmm. of free throws too. Mm-hmm. But um, like you said, it was just there was nobody that was dominant like him back back in that time. Yeah. And put up 100 points, no three-point line is just hard to imagine. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Honest. To, to be honest, I – with with the three point line and with all of the crazy scoring that we're seeing, especially in the league now, I, you know, there, there's a debate of will we ever see someone exceed the 100 point mark? And I think the, you know, I think the answer is that eventually yes, but I think it's going to be just this monstrously like uncommon, just anomaly game, you know, because like if there's anyone that's going to do it, to be honest, I, I look at guys like Steph Curry. But, like, it's just looking at guys that can score just with the three ball, just an absolutely ungodly amount. But even then, like, he hit, like, 59 or 55 the other day. But, like, you know, that took, like, 9, 10, 11 threes. Like, you'd have to double that to get close. But So you're never going to see a game like the Wilt 100-point game ever again. That's never going to happen again. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be – I think it's going to – you're going to see guys like, you know – like Clay Thompson, Devin Booker, yeah, you know Bradley Beal, guys like that. that are gonna because Bradley Beal's had a big year this year. You know he has mm-hmm. sixty, yep, sixty in a game, and they lost. You know it's like yeah, that's unfortunate. But they, I think it's gonna be you're gonna see a guy like that. I I don't know if it's really gonna you know Steph Curry. He's gonna get his get his numbers. He's yeah. gonna have his he's gonna have his forty and fifty point games. I just I think because he shoots so much like yeah. yeah I don't know if he I mean he's gonna and people know he's gonna shoot so they yeah. defend him really hard I just don't know if if he can hold up that long yeah but you're definitely us. never you're definitely not going to see a big man do that ever again no no it's going to be a guard yeah for sure. definitely yeah. Gonna be a guard. which granted that that comes with um you know I think we've never seen athletes like this um you know I, I think over time you're just going to see athletes just get crazier and crazier that's just how it works but um you know that that doesn't mean that what will did is anything to sneeze about because man no. oh my gosh um and that yeah. comes to that comes to the fifth big man on this list i mean it's probably got to be akeem olajuwon right agreed yep. yeah it's got it's got to be akeem so that's those are the five names and i think we got to try to rank them if you had to rank so i wrote them down i got Shaq, will Kareem, Bill, Hakeem. Do you think it goes that order, one through five? Do you think? Do you where where do you where do you throw that? Because it's it's hard, you know. My personal, my personal five, right here, one to five, is I've got Kareem at one because mm-hmm. you know he's NBA's all-time leading scorer. That yep. will get passed up. 
Yep. That, I mean, that will LeBron. Matter most likely. Of yep. Yep. yep probably LeBron. LeBron. Yep. And then you look at two for me is Bill Russell at number two. Okay. Um, and that's strictly on, you know, for me, you look at championships on that one. That's strictly yep. on. Um, yep. And obviously, I mean, he had a good stat line. He averaged over 20 points a game and over 10 rebounds a game. Yeah, it was, it's a good stat line. 100%. Three is Shaq, number three. And, you know, you look at his championships too. And he was, like I said, probably the most dominant big man of, of our lifetime. And I personally, I can't really see another big man. Can't see it. And I, I look at high school, I look at college, look at the bigs now. I just don't see anybody that. No, is, there's, there's never going to be a Shaquille O'Neal again. And I think part of yeah. that is um, you're not going to find an athletic force like that. I think the other part of it is that you're not going to teach bigs to play like Shaq again, because he, the brand of basketball that he played is just the brand of basketball you're not going to see again. But like, that's also just because you don't have a guy that's that dominant out there. It's just not, you can't make that in a lab. It's just that it factor that he had just that next level toughness. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, he had a lot around too. You know, he had his, his Lakers team was tough. You know, you, you had turns out they were pretty good. They could yeah, play basketball pretty well. Yeah. I heard. Turns out yeah. Kobe was okay, and he was he was a pretty good player. Yep, rip uh, rip to the Mamba. But yeah, man. Anyways, yes, yeah, so you got Kareem one. You got Bill two. Shaq three. I got Wilt at four. Okay, Wilt at four. Um, built on kind of what we talked about. Just his sheer. There was no. He was really the first one to really just take over basketball. You know, yeah, 100%. I mean, percent. And, you know, you put up a hundred points in the game. How can you not be thrown in a, in a top five? You know? <laughs> right. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And then Hakeem at five. Hakeem at five. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a solid ranking. So I think um, I got yours written down. You got Kareem at one, you got bill two, you got Shaq three, you got a key, uh, you got a will at four, you got a Keem at five. So my, so my personal top five, and to be honest, Chris, this is just my opinion but this is this might be the first time I've ever said this to you. I defer to you. I I, I de- and th- when it comes to this, I defer to your list. You tell me, which you, you, I I see the shock on your face because I I don't know if you know this about me, Chris. I'm a little opinionated. I I, I, will, I could get a no, little. No, you. I, yeah, I know. I know. Right? Crazy, I'm, crazy, right? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad you're sitting down for this, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I could get a little ahead of myself, a little cocky sometimes. Again, glad you're sitting down, but that is something I can do. We don't have to bring up our, our pickup basketball days at Grace. We go, we don't got to talk about it. We don't have to. Please don't. No comment. No yeah, comment. no comment. Yeah, but for <laughs> me, um, if, I had to, if I had to do my top five, mine would look very similar to yours. But I would go Kareem one. I would go Jack at two. Um, just just from the dominant standpoint, just from the, the game he played. Um, I think if you look at um, the amount of rings he had, he had four. Um, he had the last three peat that we've seen in the league and probably one of the like, you know, probably one of the last three peats we'll see for a while because I don't think we're going to see a modern NBA team three peat for quite a while. Even the Warriors didn't have a three peat. Mm. Um, that's just something that's very hard to do. Um, and then I think you got. Um, I, I, I would also, I would put Wilt at three, just from um, the sheer standpoint of the longevity of his dominance as well. 
um, the figures that he put up from a scoring standpoint, just the, um, just, just the amount of crazy, because, you know, he, the 100 point game wasn't the only crazy stat line game he had. He, he also put up like the third or the fourth highest scoring game of all time too. Like Will was just a monster. And then I would go Bill Russell at four, because to your point, his pedigree, um, the things that he would do, you know, I would, you know, the only reason I would have him at four instead of at, at two, like you do is just because, um, you know, just with the times that they had that Celtics team was just so unreal yeah. dominant. They didn't have yeah. as many teams in the league back then, you know, there, there, you can throw those quantifiers up there, but also I think you do have to respect that, that, um, that pedigree back in the day. So definitely four for me. And then five, I go a team. So that's my five. Do you, do you think that's a fair? Oh yeah. That's well, a fair think, ranking. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, for there's valid points on both, you know, and like you said, it's a lot of opinion based. I mean, your opinion yeah. can be wrong like yours is, but, <laughs> but um, no, I think that's, <laughs> I mean, no, I really do think that's, that's fair for sure. Um, for me, the, the big one and, and the big two for me were, were Shaq and Bill Russell uh-huh. to switch those. Cause I, I went back and forth between two and three on those yeah. two. Um, cause like you said, Shaq was just a, a force. <laughs> say oh, 100%. Force. Yeah. But they, they were both a force in their eras and in their own mm-hmm. right. And so I think for me too, that's just, I have what I, what my eyes tell me because I can go back and, you know, I remember watching Shaq growing up, whereas mm-hmm. Bill Russell, you have to watch some old, old you got to get out. Yeah. You got to get out the old film. You got to crank it, you know, like one of those <laughs> machines. That's, that's yep. how you got to watch Bill Russell highlights, man. But um, you know, I think you and I, we generally agree on a lot of things coming when it comes to basketball. I just think that whenever we have an occasional disagreement, it just, it could be fireworks, man. Like oh, I just, yeah. I just remember all the talks, you know, like I, I can't believe it didn't bring this up earlier, but when I think of all the times we would watch basketball, I think of us going to, there was a spot by our college called Frankie V's where we had uh, um, half off apps at Applebee's sure, whatever, but they did not stand up to the half off apps at Frankie V's dude. Just the amount, just, I look back and I, I think cardiologists would be terrified <laughs> if they looked at those, uh, if they saw those plates of cheesy breadsticks or those nachos that they would have. And it was dirt cheap. Like, oh, yeah. Absolutely dirt cheap. But just all the times we would sit there late at night and we would argue sports or basketball. And like, I just remember there'd be times you just look at me and go, bro, you're tripping. And I don't even remember, <laughs> like, I don't even remember what it is that I said. But you're like, no, bro, you're, nope, bro, you're no. tripping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it would normally involve there being a Pistons game on most uh-huh. of the time. Uh-huh. And you know, you just got some weird bias towards the Pistons. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is because I the think... Pistons are the best team in the league, right? Well, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I think um, at that time, I would say I definitely had some rose-colored glasses on with uh, with Blake Griffin after that one really good year he had. Um, I was hopeful that that could continue. Um, I did not. Um, and I also was hopeful. Um, <laughs> I also was hopeful that Andre Drummond could, uh, you know, put, uh, could perform like his contract year every year. Um, he does not. Um, and, 
you know, I, I think it was just, I very much thought, oh, dude, like, I, I, I don't remember some of the stupid takes I had back then. I, at one point, I'm convinced I thought they could go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm sure that's something I said. And I, and I think you're like, bro, no, you're tripping. Mm-hmm. I, I think at one point I said, oh, they could be like, they could be like number three in the East. And you're like, bro, what are you talking about? Because like, in hindsight, what an absolute garbage opinion and take to have if I thought that that was a thing that could exist. Dude, what were, I know you're going to remember this, but I remember what we were talking about. Uh-huh. We were, there was a ton of us there. Um, it was when I was an RA that year. We went, Luke was with us, Brock was uh, with us, Yep. Jose was with us, and uh-huh. you and Jose went at it. You remember that? Okay, yeah, so we had this classmate in college <laughs> named Jose, and Jose and I, like, Jose was also opinionated, I also opinionated, and this guy just, I don't even remember. It, it was something the- to do with basketball, though. It was yeah. an NBA because he's a big NBA fan too. He's a Heat uh-huh. fan. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah, he had a good, he had a good fluke year with, uh, with the bubble. You know, good for him. But you know, that's not. They're not going back to the finals again. Um, <laughs> but like, I just remember even you just listening in from time to time at some of his takes, and you would just shake your head and you would just zone out and like talk to Luke or whatever or talk to someone else. You just look off at the distance. Because you're just like, nah, dude, you're tripping. <laughs> Even you and I were like, nah, dude, he is tripping. So, Jose, if you're listening, you're tripping. I don't even remember what you were tripping about. Yeah, like, dude, I remember what tripping. that was. But I just remember you and him because it, it had to do with the Pistons and the Heat. And you guys were just going at it. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Oh, yeah. And, like, you know, like, I, I respect the Heat. I, I, I enjoy watching them. I'm always going to have this, like, unconscious like thing against them because they would just like eliminate us from the Easter conference finals year after year after year. We went to war with those guys. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Same thing. Yep. Yeah. Like same thing with me and the Pacers. Like we like like it's a it's a healthy respect because we went to war with those teams. And like when I think of like our biggest rivals, it's definitely like obviously the Lakers got to be in there. But also for me I think of I think of the I think of the Pacers. I think of the Heat. I think of the Spurs. You know, like we just had some real wars with those teams back back in the day. That so, so I subconsciously I'm like, ah, like, like you know, my inner child's like, oh, them. But like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, you okay if we talk Pistons for a second? Uh, oh, we I'm gotta, good. I gotta oh, close yeah. the show. I gotta close the show talking Pistons, dude. Yeah, dude. Um, so I gotta ask. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of them this year or if, if, or I don't know how caught up you are with the Pistons. Um, first of all, I'll ask, have you seen any of them? And if you have, what have your thoughts been? I have not seen any Pistons games. I that have. Is fair. That is fair. Yeah. Yeah. I figured you would, you would understand, but uh-huh. I, I have, <laughs> I see the, the look on your face right now is just like, I'm going to kick you off my show. You're never allowed back. No, it is just a, I know what's coming. I'm bracing for it. And, you know, I'm being, I am very much acknowledging of where we're at. So just go ahead, unfiltered, give it to me, Chris. Just, just tell me the truth. Tell me how it is. No, the, so like I said, haven't seen any Pistons games. Yeah. I keep seeing all 
you know, I see the scores. I see stuff like that. Right. A lot of, a lot of else, a lot of else. An ample amount of else yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. We're, we're delivered in that category. That's for sure. You know, they aren't, you look at them and like I said, you know, you see the scores and I've seen, you know, I've seen their roster and stuff uh-huh. and they're not, they have no superstar to me. I mean, yeah, Absolutely. I mean, you know, 100%. Yeah, I mean, they, they have no superstar. I mean, they got a bunch of they've got a bunch of guys that actually aren't that bad. They would be good role players on other teams. Mm-hmm. They they would be. But like mm-hmm. to be a good team, you got to have at least two. You know, you got to have at least at least two oh, superstars. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. not three. To even be and, in the playoff conversation nowadays, you got to have yeah. one. And they just I mean, they just have a bunch of role players that yep. are are Okay. <laughs> yeah, they, this is this is very much a roster by design to be in the position that we're in right now. Very much so. Um, I, I think, you know, with Detroit, you, you know, and this is something that I think, you know, as I've, you know, as I've gotten the rose-colored glasses off, and I and I see with with these reality glasses instead, um, I, I think that the fairest statement you can make is this is a team before this year that just did not have any young talent to look at and say, there's our future because, (laughs) because that just did not exist. But, but the, but now with, um, you know, with Troy Weaver coming in and heading the helm, you know, one of the most well-respected front office scouts and and just guys in the league. um, And, you know, he's had a lot of, he, he is in a very short amount of time overturned that entire roster did you know Blake Griffin, by the way, now the longest tenured Piston, which if you think about is crazy because we got him back in 2018. I'll say that's been what, three years? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> longest tenured Piston is Blake Griffin. The only guys we have from the, like, we only have three or four guys from last year's team that played minutes for us last year. Everyone else entirely brand new. You know, you got, um, you know, we drafted Killian Hayes this year who, um, you know, I, I don't think there's any any way to make a judgment on him. He he played seven games, injured his hip. So now it's just a matter of he's out for a while. Um, but then, you know, we we had we had two other guys who drafted in the first round. We got Isaiah Stewart, which I don't know. Have you heard of Isaiah Stewart at oh, all? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, he is a dog. Yeah, man. I like Isaiah he is, Stewart. He he is he if yeah. Ben Wallace was in the modern NBA, that's him. And like, you know, he, he's got that potential, man. He is, he is going to be something special um, just because he is a dog and he's got heart and he's, he's been John with Giannis. He got LeBron irritated in a game against him. <laughs> I could just talk about that all day, dude. It's awesome. Um, and then we got Sadiq Bay out of Villanova. Sadiq mm-hmm. Bay, he, he can be a very, very prominent, special three and D wing in this league. Nothing more than I, I think, you know, I think his kind of ceiling is kind of like a um, I could see him being like a solid like like Jay Crowder in his solid years with like Utah. I could very much mm-hmm. see something like that for Sadiq Bay. I don't think he's going to be I don't think he's a guy that can like create his own offense by any means. But like, you know, he's been looking like one of the best players out of that first round. Um, so I think we got some guys to look at and say that's promising. And then Jeremy Grant. If he's not winning most improved player this year, I riot, dude. I riot. I'm I'm telling you, I still think going back to my tweet at you, you need to make it to the all-star game over him. <laughs> that was 
That, that was how this podcast, how I got on this podcast right here when I texted you. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, I tweeted, I want to see Jeremy Grant in the NBA All-Star game because, you know, I was voting for Jeremy Grant because he absolutely deserves to be an All-Star this year, in my opinion. Um, and then Chris Noblet responds with, I want to see Shawnee West 255 in the NBA All-Star game. Dude, that I lost it. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. I said, bro, that was hilarious. And then you were like, dude, I want to be on your pod. And yeah, here man. we are, man. Um, Had to be. Yeah, now you're going to be a regular. Watch me get you on here all the time. Um, I'm in. Heck yeah, dude. Um, but oh my gosh, I laughed so hard. <laughs> that was so unworldly funny. Um, but have you seen any Jeremy Grant, like any highlights, any any clips? Because, dude, he oh, yeah. has been balling. I, yeah, I like Jeremy Grant a lot. I've, and with that tweet, I agree with you. I think he should be. He is a, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, like you said, he's not going to be like, he's not a superstar, but I mean, he's, no. he's going to get you your numbers and he is a tough player. Like, he's tough, really athletic. Yeah. You know, games improving every year. You can tell yeah. that for sure. Um, he's not a superstar, I, but like he's that like, you know, cause if there's like, there's like super, I think if you, if you tier NBA players, right. There's, there's, there's superstar, which is like, that is like your LeBron's. That is your, um, that is anyone that's going to be in the MVP conversation any mm-hmm. given year. Then there's like, there's your all-stars, which is like that step below. That's like your, to me, that's like your, your Zach Levine's your, uh, you know, I, I'd say he's in that level. I'd say he's an all-star. And then there's your, there's your starters and then there's your role players. And then there's your, your, then there's your Del Taco G league, uh, player of the game, taking pictures with the, with children at the end, you know, wearing the Grand Rapids drive Jersey. You know, he, I'd say he's definitely that, that all-star to prominent starter, but I'd say, I'd say he's coming, he's becoming an all-star this year for sure. Yeah. Um, I, but if you look at Denver, dude, they are struggling and that clearly Jeremy Grant was a bigger, bigger loss to them than they could have realized mm-hmm. because, you know, Jokic put up 50 against the Kings in a loss to the Kings, to the Kings, which granted they look better with Tyrese Halliburton in there. De'Aaron Fox yeah. is, you know, obviously he's a stud and he's, he's proven himself to have one heck of a year, but to the, the Kings. King. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think you're going to see Darren Fox. He's a, he's, he's one of the emerging guards in the league. Oh, 100%, 100%. But, you know, to, to say with the Pistons, um, we are definitely playing for a lottery pick. We're definitely playing for a number one pick. And so if, if we get a pick in the top three, even top five, we're, we're getting a top five pick. That's a lock, but like, Wait. Borderline a lot, but yeah, if we you get, got if, some, there's some good players coming out this year too. I mean, you mm-hmm. look, you know, I look at the Big Ten. Use, I mean, just look at the Big Ten basketball. Yeah, yeah. And look at Luca Garza from, you know, from Iowa. Probably mm-hmm. the best. Probably gonna win National Player of the Year. Kofi Coburn from Illinois. You right. know, you guys need a big. Let's be honest. You guys need a big. That is correct. Um, yes. <laughs> we, and a wing we, we and a guard. Everything. <laughs> a wing and a guard. We yeah. need a dude. We need we need a wing. We need chicken wings. We need a we need the 
We need we need everything. We'll take what we can get, man. So there's a, I mean, there's a lot, lot of young talent coming up that I think you guys are going to get. You'll get a good pick for sure, right? This year, right? And then, and then if there, there's a couple more Pistons things that I'll touch on real quick. First of all, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close with the one that's more so prominent to my heart. But, but first of all, I'll just say, um, Blake Griffin. Um, yikes! That that that's the word I have for it. The word of the day is yikes, because oh man, yikes! Poor guy, man. He he gave up his legs for us to go to the playoffs and get swept, and now um, he has not been the same. He does not have that bounce. He is not an elite shooter. He is not an elite playmaker without his without his his bounce, and he just whatever that it is has left him, and it looks like he's. It looks like he was one of those basketball players from Space Jam that got their that got their talents taken into the ball. That's what he looks like right now, dude. It is sad, man. And when you know we went to when me and you went to go see that Pistons Celtics game, uh huh. And well, we got to see masked Kyrie in that game. No, that was the first game after no, masked Kyrie. Yeah, he didn't. That's right. He yeah, was there, was, but, yeah. That, that was before the Blake trade. That was when we yeah, had Avery yeah. Bradley. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But you, I think, because like you said, that was before that. Yeah. If you put him there, because right when he got to Detroit, like he was, his jump shot was improving. Yep. It looked like he was starting to get his legs back under him again. Yeah. And then it just didn't, didn't happen. Yeah. Well, well, what happened was they, and like Dwayne Casey's even said this, like they rode Blake Griffin, like, because he had, when he came to Detroit, he was still kind of like that year, um, that season he came to us. He was, it wasn't, it was an off year for him a little bit because he didn't mm-hmm. really have his legs under him. But he went into the offseason healthy and he had a full offseason to train and to improve and things like that. But then we just didn't care about load management. And we just like, we put him out there 75 games and we played him like 30, 40 minutes a night. And, I think going to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. And in the playoffs, he was playing with a torn MCL. Yeah. And so then he, he gets a, he gets an arthroscopic like surgery, which, you know, can very much be a high risk, um, high risk, but high reward surgery. Cause yeah. you can, with minimal, um, with minimal invasion in your, in your leg and everything like that, you, you kind of hope that that kind of surgery can just get him back on the court, but it didn't, it backfired. He got another one, which he sat out way longer for. And I think that's what did it to him, man. And he just, he's not the same. Um, I can, but, I can relate on the old injuries. I can relate uh-huh. with that. Yeah. 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 I, I figured this would be, I thought yeah. you'd be a little more empathetic because you know, with your, with your history and, and the things yeah. you, that you had. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I relate. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the last piece um, we'll close on this uh, Derek Rose uh, reports coming out last night as the recording this, he, he could possibly be traded by, by the time this posts. Um, it looks it's looking like he's going to be a New York Nick. Looks like he's going to be reunited with Tom Thibodeau um, in in New York, which, quite frankly, I think is the best situation for him. Um, and then, as far as as far as talks with with Detroit, it's looking like um, Frank Nilkina has been thrown around um, to come to Detroit, which would be a good opportunity for him to have a refresh and a restart. 
to get a, to get a coach like Dwayne Casey that's that is revitalized or has helped people reshape their careers. I mean, you saw Christian Wood. What happened to him with one season in Detroit? Um, you're seeing with, with Josh Jackson right now. Josh Jackson is proving that he can play in this league. He pushed the Lakers to double overtime last night. And then um, and then now if you throw Frank Milikina in there, you know, throw him in there with the other French point guard we got, Killian Hayes, and we got that French connection in the backcourt. Um, that could be a good thing for his career. But there, another name that's been thrown around that I would love to see is Dennis Smith Jr., yeah, Dennis Smith Jr. is – and like like you said, regarding Derrick Rose, I think going to the Knicks, good, that would be good for his career. I really do think that. Career. Great for his career, yeah. Especially at this point, you know, 100%. he's been in the league for, what, 12, 12 years, 13 years now? Yeah. And um, – but Dennis Smith Jr., he is, you know, got drafted by Dallas and mm-hmm. right out of the league, man – just his explosiveness right out of the league. Yeah. Just unbelievable. Good shooter, can get to the rim, finish as well. Good passer. I mean, he he's scoring like 30, yeah. 30, 40 points a game, like at points in Dallas. He was dominating. He's just a little guy. He's like, he's just looking. I mean, he's going to, he's got a, a good, good career ahead of him, too. Right. And then, you know, because because that, because, because, you know, he goes to Dallas, he's seen as potentially their, their future. And then they get then then they get Luka Doncic, and um, when Luka came, Dennis Smith Jr. that just wasn't a good fit for him. Um, yeah. So they had the opportunity to go get Kristaps Porzingis, pair him with Luka. Um, so they trade him to New York, and with the Knicks, they just have been so bad, and they have they have this just they had these young guys that they want to play and give prominent minutes to, and I guess whatever happened, Derek Smith Jr. I mean Dennis Smith Jr. just wasn't. He wasn't in their plans, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so now he's he's at the point where he has to go down and play in the G League in the bubble they're going to be having because he, he wants to get more reps. He wants more consistent minutes. So if if Detroit can get back a pick, which, I you know, there will be some form of maybe a second rounder, just some form of like draft compensation. But if you give us, you know, if, if they gave us both Nilakina and Dennis Smith Jr. or just one of them, I think that would be an absolutely stellar trade for both sides. Yeah, I think if you if you get both, especially even I mean, like you said, both trip both which players they could, would be awesome. they very well could. Oh yeah, yeah, I think that would be a a steal for for Detroit. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and and one for one, I think you're looking at a pretty even trade, and it's good for both ways. One hundred percent. Two, two yeah. for one, it's a, that's a steal for Detroit. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think you know. Um, I think with the Knicks, they're just so you know they're they're at a point with their with with their rebuild where they're showing we could start we could start being in the playoffs here. We could like we're they're ranked at, at this point. They're the top defensive team in the league. Tom Thibodeau is turning that that culture around, man, like quickly. You know, with um, you know, I, I don't know going forward. I don't know if being in the playoffs right now is their best bet, but it sounds like they're wanting to. So hey, well. Well, if you want Derrick Rose, you know, if you're willing to pay the price tag, because Derrick Rose still has some value in this league, especially for scoring <laughs> stuff, um, you know, absolutely. You know, we will we will gladly make a deal over here. But, you yeah. know, Derrick Rose, he's my one of, if not my favorite NBA player of all time. I'm wearing his Detroit jersey. 
when he came to the Pistons two years ago, that was like, I think, I, I think you remember my reaction, man. I was, yeah. I was, I was ecstatic. I yep. was a kid, man. And so just to say that we, I got to watch Derek Rose play or my play for my hometown team for two years. Um, one of, if not my favorite player to watch of all time, you know, just man, that that's something I'll never forget. So um, shout out Derek Rose, man. I'm just excited. You know, I, I hope this, I hope him going to New York. I hope him and the Knicks can make some noise in the playoffs. Hope they can shock some people, but nothing's official. Things could change. He could go to the Clippers have been thrown around. Uh, at first I read it as the Kings and I was like, what? No, no. <laughs> it's yeah. like, no. Um, but it was I don't wish Knicks. that upon you. Yeah. 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 But the Knicks make sense, but um, well, well, Chris, I think we're going to end it here, but dude, um, this was a very nerdy basketball episode, which I'm, oh, yeah. I am here for. Um, you are definitely going to be a regular on this thing, whether I get you on here once a month or every other week or something, whatever that number is, dude, you're, you're going to be on here. And I just, I just got to say, man, it's just good to sit down and talk with you. It's fun to sit down and talk hoops, but dude, you know, just thanks so much for wanting to come on, man. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Sean. Anytime, man. Be happy to be back. Absolutely. Again, you can, uh, you can find from half court on any podcast service that your little heart desires. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean Ye West two five five. Um, I'm glad Chris didn't outright laugh after that, but um, Chris, is there anywhere people can find you on any, any, anything you want to plug? Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at Chris Noblet three and on Instagram at Nobzilla 34. Yeah. You heard that right. Yeah. Nobzilla 34. Dude. Nobzilla is like what I prefer calling you. And I got to close just by saying, remember the Alamo. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, That was the, that was, Chris's house in college, we called the Alamo. And so we just got to say, remember the Alamo. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you next time from half court.